Smith will keep it. He dives for the end zone. He's got a touchdown. Kansas City in one of the greatest comebacks in Chiefs kingdom history. It's time. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Car out of the shotgun. Looks left. Throws a lob for Michael Crowtree. Caught it. He caught it. He caught it. The Raiders have the lead. 35 it's the T.C. Martin Show. Sweet revenge for Michael Crabtree. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. I needed that. Starting to feel like football now. Hey, that was a good start. Hey, that was a good start. We're going to finish for you, all right? The doctor is now in. And a good Friday afternoon to you, and welcome to the world-famous Superbook here inside the Westgate Las Vegas, the largest sports book in the world, and of course, our Friday home, and uh, coming up here, it's going to be our Thursday and Friday home here for pretty soon, including next week, because, you know, we're right around the corner from a little March Madness, the opening round, so of course we'll be here for that coming up this year as well, and you can enjoy the March Madness here inside the International Theater. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a fantastic time. So, of course, we'll be broadcasting live uh, Thursday and Friday of the opening rounds uh, for that. And uh, actually, next week, we'll be here Thursday and Friday because we're going to be visited by our good friend, former mayor of Las Vegas, Oscar Goodman, will be in the house. And Oscar uh, traditionally comes and makes his Super Bowl bets. So it's going to be a big deal. So we need to be here. And then Oscar is going to come be on the show, talk about his Super Bowl bets. And uh, also, um, they will uh, uh, honoring Oscar Goodman with a a new martini, I believe, here at the Westgate. So we'll have a festive show next Thursday and Friday. Marco D'Angelo in the house with me. He joins me. And uh, as I mentioned, food or drink, uh, Marco starts salivating. What's going on, man? I saw that look. Uh, you just never uh, amaze me with all of the connections and the people that you get coming on to the show. So that'll be quite interesting, uh, the mayor. And, man, the stories he could tell. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the old days of Vegas. That's right. And, and which you and I can appreciate. And anyone who's been around Las Vegas for such a long time, you appreciate those old days. Absolutely. Yeah. Miss that. Yeah. Speaking of the old days, uh, we had a little a little flashback uh, uh, yesterday, and you mentioned it last week that the, uh, the Thursday night, um, the week, the dead week, which we're in right now, because Super Bowl Sunday is a week from Sunday. But uh, we had a great crowd here last night for the unveiling of the prop bets, and we had John Murray on the show yesterday, and John was talking about the. 32-page booklet that they have, which, there it is. Uh, I was supposed to get one delivered to me, but I see you already got it. And I asked John the question. I said, who's in charge of stapling this thing? You know, I mean, don't you need like a hammer and a nail to staple this package? Because there's over a thousand different, you know, sides that, you know, you could bet here, but over, you know, 400 props. And uh, so on Thursday night, uh, a, a tradition here where they, they open up the windows and you get a lot of your sharp betters that come up here and uh, they get to uh, make a play on uh, on the prop bets and they're they're basically allotted one play, right? And then they got to go back to the end of the line. It used to be two. Two. Could yeah. be two. Right. Okay. And then Jay Cornegay, the uh, vice president of race and sportsbook operations here at the Superbook at the Westgate. He will be joining us later this hour, so we'll talk to Jay about that. But I know you've got some experience with that. Have you been uh, one of these guys that's been standing in line here? 
move, I, shaking and, and moving these lines? I've been here before for the Thursday night, and you know now, you know we all get a little bit lazy now because we've got apps. You yeah. know, <laughs> you don't yeah. have to you don't have to leave the house. But uh, when I moved here in 2008, I came in January of 2008, so I was here to experience that for the first time in real time, and I was just in awe. You know, because I mean, this is. Way back in the day, it's all. This has always been the premier sports book, and uh, you know, I can remember the first time I ever walked through those doors in the back, and you're like, well, you know, like a kid in a candy. Exactly. Store, you know? Yeah. Which we see just about every week for you know tourists who come yeah. in here. Like, wow. It, you know, it is. I yeah. mean, you've never experienced anything like it, and then to experience. Everybody told me you got to be at Westgate. Uh, you know, the Super Book. Thursday night, you know, the, the in-between week you know, for the Super Bowl. And I always heard stuff about it, and you know, but to experience it live, you know, it's great. But I found it pretty fascinating that we're sitting here with pages and pages of props. And what, you know, spiked your thing is who put the staples in? Not who, not who made all these props <laughs> and all the hours that were spent on this. You're concerned about who put them together, the packets, and did the stapling. Well, oh, and you know, you know what my answer was? <laughs> and he made me really feel stupid. You know what he said? He goes, you know, TC, he goes, the printers uh, automatically staple that for you. And no check it. I go, what? You're kidding me, right? Where, where have we been the last, you know, couple decades, yeah. you know? Well, but, at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? But no, you're right. And we did talk about that. And we'll talk about it with Jay Cordegay when he joins us here pretty soon. But a lot of man hours coming up with these different props for the Super Bowl because it's just not your garden variety. How many yards is Patrick Mahomes going to have? Is it going to be over 280 or whatever? And, and by the way, that's like the opening number, and I think it got shot up to 305 or something like that. And then, of course, you know, you got the traditional ones that, that make no sense, but everyone likes to bet, like the coin flip and things of that nature. Uh, you won't find the national anthem up there because in the state of Nevada you can't. Yeah, you know, you know, do that it has something to be arbitrary. something in a box score. Exactly for yeah. for Nevada now. Right, places far, far away. You could, you know, there's the gimmick stuff. Yeah, the national anthem, the color of the Gatorade, uh, yeah. the halftime. What shows Rihanna that, songs are going to yes, be playing? <laughs> going to be saying right? Yeah, crazy stuff like that. But it makes it's an event, you know. And I, we talk about you know the thing that I put this in the same category not to the same degree but when you talk about this is an event that people will bet that maybe have not made a, a football bet all year they want to be part of a party the, and it is yeah. let's face it the super bowl it, it's the biggest money-making machine the nfl we gear all these weeks to get here to the super bowl and the betting and everything with the props has just you know increased increased and that's why every year it seems like we're breaking the previous handle record whenever the numbers come out. And a lot of that is not only because of the props, but because of the apps. People don't have to be physically at the sports book to jump in for halftime lines and all of in that. Game in wagering. game wagering. Right. That all goes to the bottom line. But yeah, to do this, to be here, you got to experience this in Vegas once. You got to experience the first week of March Madness in Vegas once. And I'll tell you what, my other one that I'm going to that's an event, the Kentucky Derby. You know, we talk about that when we, you know, when that time comes up. That's an event too. That's one of those sporting events that people want to be a part of, but they know nothing about it. Right. And I like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because that helps us with dead money in the pool. It, it, I was going to help yeah. with the pool and that sort yeah. of thing. Exactly. So, 
Yeah, next Sunday will be will be wild. Uh, of course, here at the Westgate or anywhere that you want to watch the game, it, it's it's all a spectacle. Like you said, the betting handle just increases in every year, and we talk about this with our various sports book operators that we have on the show, and also Matthew Holt from U.S. Integrity, and talks about just it's every year the Nevada record, and then now the you know. United States record is into play because you now have you know at 40 states that have gambling, right. uh, uh, sports betting, so the numbers are off off the charts. But yeah, from a Nevada standpoint, every year it just seems like that record is eclipsed, and it's going to be the case this year. And it does help when you have a very competitive Super Bowl when you have virtually a pick'em, and that's where this line opened up between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles pick them and then quickly got bet up with a lot of uh, Philadelphia Eagles money came in um, you know going back to last Sunday night around seven o'clock and we charted that on, on Monday show just of of how the money came steamrolling in now you're starting to see some Kansas City money come back so it went as high as two and a half uh, in favor of the Eagles now we're seeing it currently at one and a half in favor of Philadelphia it'll be interesting to see where this line goes in the next seven to nine days, and what it ends up next Sunday. Well, because you have zero public money so far. I don't want to say zero, but minute so far. That's going to start coming in next Thursday when people start coming to town, you know, making their annual trip to Vegas. Now, we talk about the records and stuff, and you said 40 states. What would be a good prop bet is which is going to be the final state of the 50 states to legalize sports betting, who's going to be the last one if I get that last chair, or will there be, or will there become the, a few that just say we're just not doing it? Mm-hmm. They can't look. There's no way they can look at every state that is doing it and look at the tax revenue that is being generated by you know the national pastime. I don't. You know, baseball is the official national pastime, but let's face it, every warm-blooded American male loves betting on sports, uh, and that's why we've got 40 states. I never thought would have would get to this number as fast as we did. Did you? No, not not at all. Especially when everything was so taboo. That you know, okay, it was Nevada, and then you knew, okay, New Jersey would come come along, you know, specifically through Atlantic City, and then it just continued to to swell over and over again. And this goes with the correlation of the leagues, the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, et cetera, et cetera. You know, now saying this is not taboo anymore, and going so far it is to have partnerships with the major casinos and major sports book throughout the country, and now they're not shy about it at all. And, and again, you know, even on ESPN and some of the other major networks, they, they would never give you lines. And now it's, it's part of daily programming, and you, know, you see it uh, you know, come across the ticker with, with, with scores. I never thought we'd get to it that quickly. I think eventually I thought we would get to that, but not, to your point, to that quickly, and then along with so many states – because that was the big thing. So many states like, no, 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 forget it, forget it. And you're asking, okay, we're going to be the last to, to you know, come through. And maybe California, New York, the two biggest that are proximity close to Nevada and New Jersey. It seems like those guys have been, you know... Um, you know, against this for a very, very long time. Well, New York passed. Yeah. New York has passed. Yeah. California is 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 the big player that's still out there. Yeah. Um, Curious, like our neighboring state, Arizona, 
you would see people here every weekend would make the you know the trek from from Arizona and now i know i know a lot of people that make a an hour trek just to get across the <laughs> the state line to fire up a, an Arizona app to get some of the options that aren't here in, in Vegas yet uh we talk about prop bets and i'm sure you you mention it you know every year but for new listeners you know how props started it was a disaster <laughs> Of a first prop, but they saw how popular that was. And we go back to the Super Bowl, the Chicago Bears. What was it, the 85 Bears? Yes. And yep. uh, the prop on the fridge, mm-hmm. uh, scoring, you know, scoring a touchdown. Now, nobody thought, you know, and they put a prop up. And it was hit, okay, yep. uh, and it got hit pretty hard, yeah. you know, because that year Ditka had, you know, was doing some crazy stuff. And when they got into that situation, and I still to this day, I don't know if he'll ever admit it, but I think Mike Ditka regrets not getting Walter Payton that. I think he does the, the touchdown I think he instead does. of doing doing what they did. Yeah, yeah, and, and that got brought up. And mm-hmm. I've had Mike Ditka on the show. It's been a a while, long time since I've had him on, and, and to my recollection, I think we talked about that as well too. Uh, Mike Dick is a great guy yes. as well too, and uh, and he's a guy that sometimes gets a, a bad rap because they remember how intense he was as a player as well as a coach, being a hard nosed guy. But then you know he got into uh, you know television. He had a pretty long career with ESPN. A lot of people got a chance to see his personality there as well too. And uh, you know Mike Dick has had, had uh, an event here. In Vegas for for many many years, you know his uh, you know his legends uh, that uh, does a great uh, fundraising job as well too, and they've had um, that out here, and I've got a chance to attend those events, and and uh, you know Mike Dick is a, a very good humanitarian as well too. So, but you're right, that's where it started. William the Refrigerator Perry, you know, would he score a touchdown? And when they got down to the goal line in that Super Bowl of a, of a blowout. Mm-hmm. Right over the Patriots, and uh, Fridge got in, you know, yeah. no problem, and, and cast a lot of tickets. But you, you're right; that's kind of where the beginning was, and then the following year, and the following year, just more and more props came came about. And our good friend Jay Cornegay can speak on that because you know he was in another property, you know, back in the day. He's been doing this a long, long time. So I think uh, that that'd be a great question to ask him. So we'll make sure that we'll. We'll hit him on that. The old IP. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there, there, there you go. Jackie Young is going to join us today. She is going to be in the house. The Las Vegas Aces All-Star Guard and also the reigning uh, WNBA Most Improved Player of the Year, uh, Olympic gold medalist, uh, the former number one overall pick in the WNBA draft going back to 2018 with the Las Vegas Aces. She was a national champion as well at Notre Dame. And uh, what a year that Jackie uh, has had. I mean, she's really grown into her own and uh, being a key member, not only of the Las Vegas Aces in that championship run last year, the 2022 champs, the Las Vegas Aces, but again, you know, becoming an all-star, uh, being part of the the Olympic team. She was part of the three-on-three Olympic team with her and Kelsey Plum. So, um Always uh, fun talking to Jackie, so she's going to be in the house here today. So we'll talk some Las Vegas Aces basketball. And it's about that time, Marco, right around the corner uh, with with the WNBA and the Aces getting a chance to defend their championships, the training camp right around the way. And, of course, we are right in the thick of WNBA free agency. And, you know, speaking of those tickers on the bottom line, you can see uh, news the last three days. And uh, the big headline news for the Aces was that uh, Candace Parker signed with the Aces. And Candace... uh, 
uh, went on social media last weekend and announced it. The Aces couldn't uh, announce anything officially until Wednesday when the free agency period began. And uh, just huge news because when you look at the two big-time free agents this year in the WNBA, it's Candace Parker. Um, won two championships, you know, one with the L.A. Sparks, and then she went to her hometown team of Chicago the last two seasons. So she won two years ago with the Chicago Sky, so she was a free agent. And uh, the other one was Brianna Stewart, who left Seattle, you know, after all those years, and now she signed with the New York Liberty. And, of course, she had a great college career at UConn, playing for Gina Oriema. So that's been the, the big news in the WNBA. And, uh, again, with Candace Parker signing here, just adding to a already stacked and loaded Las Vegas Aces roster. And uh, that starting five is, you know, last year we said that the Aces had probably the best starting five maybe in the history of the league. That's definitely, uh, you know, for sure this season. As you being the voice of the Aces, how excited are you off of coming off the championship and what they're bringing to the table this year? Uh, I mean, there's going to be a lot of talk about, you know, can they repeat in the nucleus of this team is, is locked up for a few years. I mean, they've done a tremendous job. This, this could be a mini dynasty. You, yes. you never used to, you know, you don't want to use that word after just one championship, but on paper, <laughs> they look pretty darn good. They do. Uh, answer your question, very excited just because what Mark Davis has done with his, since he's owned the team, you know, purchasing it from the MGM, he hired Nikki Vargas, uh, Natalie Williams is the general manager, Nikki Vargas is the president it just, it, it's just a great move, and then Becky Hammond last year and Bill Lambeer deserves a lot of the credit too, because he's the one that came here and built a lot of this, and then when they had a chance to get Becky Hammond, and Bill was you know, it was time for him to step down. He openly said that. You know, he said it on this show. He said it publicly that it, it was just time for him. And if they had a chance to get Becky Hammond, he said, hey, I'm I'm all in favor of that. And it was great to see Bill in Connecticut last year, several times here in Las Vegas. Uh, they actually did a retirement, you know, ceremony for him. That was very, very cool. But to just see him there for the championship last year with us, it was fantastic. And uh, I point blank told him, I said, hey, None of this would happen if it wasn't for you. And oh, stop! You don't need to say that. But <laughs> but you know, and a lot of guys don't know Bill Lambeer like that. They just think he's the the you know they remember him as a player as part of the Detroit Pistons and the Bad Boys. And what was so cool that night and those games in Connecticut was that Isaiah Thomas was with him. Cool. Yeah. So that was kind of cool to see both those guys together. And um, and ironically enough, then going to dinner at. Uh, Michael Jordan Steakhouse, which yeah. was inside the Mohegan Sun. There you go. So you got you know Bulls, Pistons, all yeah, but but no, but it was it, it was a great experience, and then looking forward to this year uh, for so many reasons because the WNBA now is uh, they've increased this, the the salary cap. Players are making more money now. They have the television contract now. They're in you know in their second third year with that with ESPN and ABC. Uh, so the notoriety is getting big, and they expanded the schedule. They've been expanding the schedule slowly but surely from 32 to 34 to you know 36 games. Now we're at 40 games coming up this year. So that's at least 20 home games for Aces fans. 
And uh, again, the WNBA All-Star Game, which is always a big event, will be back here in Las Vegas at the Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay as well, too. So, yeah, exciting times here if you're an Aces fan. Yeah, I, I can remember, uh, you know, watching Bill Lambeer growing up, you know, playing basketball. Uh, you know, you know he's, he's a big dude. Whenever I actually got to meet him at, at the radio uh, studio, I, I think he was in whenever they signed Asia Wilson. Yeah. It had Asia, you know, yeah. Asia there. And... You know, meet him and say, it literally, I mean, like, yeah, I, I got a little look out for, you know, how you doing, sir? Yeah, <laughs> nice right. to meet you, man. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I wouldn't have wanted to go down the lane with him standing there for, <laughs> to, uh, is that why it. it took him so long to get in the studio to come on my show because you out in the hallway just, you know, gazing at him? Is that, yeah, I that remember that it. day. Yeah. That was the reason, isn't it? <laughs> hey, he said, this, this, this little guy, he wouldn't leave me alone out here for me to give him the studio with you. <laughs> and, and, and you're a guy, too, that, you know, slowly but surely have uh, become a fan of the WNBA. And I think that's very important to know. And, and also handicapping the WNBA as well, too, that, uh, you know, again, just it just shows, you know, more and more validity. And then getting the fans out because uh, the fan base has grown each and every year. And, you know, is it because the Aces have have won in recent years? Yeah, I, th- I think so. But again, you know, when you bring in a guy like Bill Lambeer, then you have the number one pick in Asia Wilson, and you, know, you follow that up with, with Jackie Young, and then you, know, you continue on. Kelsey Plum is a former number one overall pick. It's just, you know, the cards really, no pun intended, just kind of fell the right way. And uh, kudos to those fans that have been there for five-plus years uh, you know, coming you know, to these games. And uh, as we see now, it's kind of a who's who. I mean, Kobe Bryant would, would bring his daughter to games. We've seen LeBron James at games. I mean, Dwayne Wade. I mean, the, you know, Kyle Lowry. All these – the list goes on and on. Just not NBA guys, but Major League Baseball guys, uh, you know, they were retired because this is going on during the season. Uh, football players are coming through, NFL guys. So it's uh, – been very very cool, you know. Hollywood actors, actresses, uh, they, when they're in town, they they want to see this product. If you're in Vegas, we've talked about it with the Golden Knights, with the Raiders, and so forth. If you're a free agent, this has to be an attractive place to go, just because you know. If you know all of the nightlife that's here, you know that, and as you said, there's so many celebrities that come through town all the time, and they want to go see these games. You know, it's star power. And then, of course, we've talked about in the past too the the benefit of uh, playing tax wise. uh, You know, making big money uh, playing in Vegas is better than playing other places. But let's give a little bit of credit to Mark Davis. I mean, this is a guy. He's an owner that. I really respect. He's not. Ju- this is just not another little toy for him in his, you know, collection of stuff. Yeah. He's there all the time, and he's front and center with a, you know. I remember when you were gallivanting all over the country with the, the run last year with the Aces, you know, and you said there was a football Sunday. He wasn't. He yes. wasn't at Allegiant. Yeah, he was on the road. At, you know, in. Connecticut, Connecticut with you guys, and yeah. it's like he really does. Like when the parade and everything, I, I mean, just the joy on you know his face, and obviously he wants that same joy with the Raiders too. But this is he loves this sport, and he's having a ton of fun. You can tell. And the funny thing about that is, is when you talk to him about the Aces and you know the moves the team's making and that sort of thing, he says this is not a hobby, and he's very clear to a lot of people because a lot of people think that. 
okay, it's Raiders number one and Aces number two. And he goes, this is not a hobby. He goes, this is a business. And he goes, it's my passion. And for those that don't know the story, you know, his father, Al Davis, was a big advocate of not only the WNBA way back in the day when it first came about in 1997, but for women's sports in general, mm-hmm. uh, Title IX and all of that that uh, went on. And when people start thinking of women's basketball and Title IX, the first thing they think about is Pat Summit, those University of Tennessee teams, then Connecticut with Gina Oriema, uh, and then you saw the powerhouses built you know, with uh, Muffet McGraw, Notre Dame, and then, and, uh, and now we're seeing more and more parity. I mean, you remember those times in college basketball where you'd have 40 or 50 point lines in the opening round of the NCAA tournament and whatever, and you'll still have some high ones, but, but now you just don't, you know, pencil in Tennessee or Connecticut for winning the championship anymore. I mean, again, we, we've seen, you know, and what Asia Wilson did at South Carolina. And Don Staley, tremendous. We've seen programs rise to the occasion and, and have good, like you said, Notre Dame was, you know, has become a, a yearly factor in women, women's uh, college basketball. Stanford's had some good Oh, teams. yeah. Baylor, remember the one yeah. year, Bay, uh, the girls' team and the, the men's team yes. were, you know, oh, yeah. legit, you know, mm-hmm. chance to win the national cha- you know, championship. Mm-hmm. So it, it has been fun, uh, definitely. And if you would have taken a poll – what was going to be the first professional sports team in Vegas to win a national champ or to win a championship? Nobody, I don't think anybody would have said yes because they, unfortunately, and I don't mean it disrespectfully, they've been on the back the back burner. I mean, we got I mean the the Vegas Golden Knights, the fan base here in Vegas got absolutely spoiled. That's not supposed to happen in your first year, and then to have four straight years of you know playoffs, uh, you know, and then miss it last year for the first time, and you would have thought it was some of the people that you know, oh my god, you know, it's like he gets it's a right to pay. Yeah. yeah, and that was a great season, and that inaugural season was yeah. great, and can be compared to you know the the Aces season. Last year, and again, the Aces have been a perennial playoff team, but then you know, winning it all last year, it just uh, all came together. And again, you know, had some great pieces uh, put to the, you know, on the team through free agency the last couple of years with Chelsea Gray, uh, Raquana Williams, people like that, and seeing Kelsey Plum just really blossom. Got to remember, Kelsey Plum was college basketball's all-time leading scorer with over three thousand points at Washington. So. Uh, again, the the talent is there, and to your point, you add a Candace Parker. Uh, yeah, they are definitely the team to beat on paper, and we've seen it here at the sports book. You know, basically the last three years where the Aces were the odds-on favorite, and even Bill Lambier and even myself were saying, yeah, slow your roll a little bit here because there are a lot of good teams in the WNBA. But this year, when they, they post the odds uh, to win the WNBA championship for 2023, yes, the Aces will be the favorite, probably right around 2-1. to one, uh, But that that is legit, really for the first time. Even last year, you knew that Seattle was going to be a favorite. Connecticut, Chicago, uh, those teams were we're going to be a favorite, and the Aces, eh, you know, you know, we'll, with Becky Hammond and everything, yeah, this they're they're, pro- they're probably primed, but this year, yeah, it's it's all out favorite. Yeah, they definitely were going to get over bet, you know, to some degree the last couple of years simply because nobody wanted to see what happened almost mm-hmm. with the Golden Knights, where people, how many people bought their first the first bets that were coming in, where people just wanted to have a ticket that said. Uh, 
Vegas, you right. know, the inaugural season right. to win the Stanley. Nobody, those were people were buying those more for souvenirs than thinking they were ever going to cash it. But then so many people were betting them that they had to start moving. Remember, they opened up at five, the highest point that inaugural season for the Knights, I think, was 500 to 1. Yeah. And then it just kept coming down and coming yeah. down. And, you know, they got off to that hot start. Yeah. And then the books had a lot of liability going into that. that they, the Stanley Cup Finals. They they did, and and I remember, you know, being at the uh, the draft, the expansion draft, and then when they got Mark Andre Fleury, then all of a sudden odds started to come down a little bit, you know, right, right after that, and that was that was something special. So, yeah, great great season, no question with that uh, with with the Aces, uh, uh, rather, rather the the Knights, those first you know couple seasons with that. So hopefully they can get back to that as well too. That was such a no brainer for the first draft pick in that expansion. That's yeah. like that one commercial they do with Charles Barkley with the kids <laughs> yeah. on the pickup. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I told you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's too funny. All right. Yeah. So Jackie Young will be uh, joining us at uh, the top of the hour with that. So uh, always fun talking to Jackie and talking about uh, the Aces upcoming season. Of course, relive uh, the championship run of last summer and fall. All right, so a lot to hit on uh, today. Like I said, NFL stuff we'll, we'll touch on too. And again, the dead week, so to speak, as we like to call it. Um, I, I wish we were playing football this Sunday. I think everybody does, especially when you're used to playing week after week after week after week. I mean, even you know, starting with the preseason, and then now we get this, and we'll have to you know, wait a week before it gets ramped up again. But from a betting perspective, yeah, a lot of money. It's great for the books, you know, because it gives them that additional week to get all that money in. All right, Jay Cornegay will join us when we come back. Uh, he is the vice president, of course, here at the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. Marco D'Angelo in the house, wagertalk.com. He's with us every Monday and Friday. And uh, no best bet segment. This is the first time, you know, and this is our only time we don't, unless you can, you know, you want you want to give us a basketball play or two? We can we can do that for for tomorrow, but uh, yeah. So no best bets, but we will reconvene with that uh, next Friday as we get ready for the Super Bowl because next week we'll be giving you not only our, our best bet side or total, but your best prop bet as well too. So we'll look forward to that. All right, Jay Cornegay in the house. He'll join us next. We'll talk betting, talk about the volume. We'll talk about where the line's going for Super Bowl 57 on this fabulous football Friday here on the T.C. Martin Show live from the Westgate. This is boxing referee Kenny Bayless and what I say you must obey. So be sure to catch up with the broadcast at tcmartinshow.com. Well, of course, Nunchuck knew that Jay Cornegay was coming on because now he has his entrance song there. You recognize that one? Oh, yeah, he does. Of course. Marco's going, what the heck's going on here? No. There you go. We've got a little Boogie Nights with Jay Cornegay here at the Westgate, our Friday home. We have no football, though. That's coming up Sunday. We got to wait an entire week, but I know that's great for the sports books. It's great for you guys. It's torture for the fans, torture for the betters, because now we're relegated, you know, to uh, to betting on basketball, which is which is no problem. But uh, how do you feel about the off week? Um, I have mixed emotions about it because <laughs> I, I know that a couple of times we had that one week and we just got it all over with. Yeah. But it's also kind of nice to. Have a little bit of uh, of uh, not a lull to get everything done. Take a deep breath. And let everybody you know get settled in and deal with the game because the game is really not that bad. I really you know for for Super Bowl Sunday 
we look at it and the schedule's very easy. You got a handful of games in the morning, then you got the big game. You know, out here it's crazy. I mean, you know, the F&B department, the bars, you know, they're, I mean, our tellers, you know, once they kick off, it's not so bad. But it's really not that, that difficult for us, really. So um, I get mixed emotions. Sometimes I like to just get it over with. Other times I like that little lull. I think I just like the momentum again and again we're creatures of habit where even beginning with the preseason it's every week you know and then we got you know when the season extended going way back 14 games to 16 games and now we're at 17 games all right another week of football another week of football and the super bowl keeps getting pushed back and then it's like boom we have usually all of that excitement after the afc and nfc championship games even though last week it was only excitement with one game <laughs> but uh it's like boom it comes to a dead stop and now we have to get going again, but it seems to me, and we've talked about this before with, you know, other handicappers and stuff. It seems like that Super Bowl, that start is usually a slow start and we've seen some unders and we don't see immediate scoring. Usually. I don't know if that's correlated to having that off week or not, but it just seems like, you know, it, it affects everybody, including the players. Yeah, and for you guys, Jay, now that we've got in-game wagering, it's a whole different animal, and that's why we talked about in the first segment, the handle keeps, every year you guys are setting new records for Nevada, and it's just more, you know, the prop wagering, the in-game wagering, people don't have to be here on Super Bowl Sunday, they got the app, they can do their stuff, it's great, but for you guys, I know you do... I mean, we're looking at all the props that you do. A lot of work goes into that. And you guys have some very popular cross-sport props you guys have always put up during your... How hard is it with some cross-sport props with NBA this year? We don't know who's playing the next day (laughs) Right. right now in trying to do something like that for the NBA games on that Sunday or Saturday night. Yeah, we're dealing with the NBA on a daily basis, which is a heartburn for us as we can always figure out who's, you know, who's in, who's out. It's really frustrating. We think he's in, now he's out, all right? Then 5 minutes before the game, oh, he's he's out, you know. So, with those adjustments, but I think for the most part, you know, some of the sharpest betters, you know, they're following it as well. They're kind of in the same boat. And you know, unless they're at the game or have somebody there and say, "Look at He's in street clothes or whatever, or he's barely warming up, or you know, it's nice to have them announce it you know earlier in the day. So and so is going to take a day off. That's fine. Just let us know. We just want to know who's playing. So with that said, did that come up when we were making those crossovers uh, uh, props? Yes. We're like, okay, well, we're going to have to keep an eye on that. But you look at the disclaimer: must play for action, right? right. I mean, so that covers us all. But we just hope that they play, just because we hate refunding mm. you know it's like we lose some we win some but man it's really you know uh, it, it's hard for us to swallow the the refunds it's like we did all this work and now we just got to refund you know all that money that's on that proposition i have a question for you guys real quick because you brought it up it's like you know this two-week thing um this could be the first super bowl in a state that has legalized sports gambling right and they're asking me how is that going to change everything i was like you know, I really don't know. I, I mean, I I think it only can enhance it. I mean, we've had plenty of events here in Nevada, not the Super Bowl, but some pretty decent events around here that we've had mobile wagering here in this state for eight years now. 
We've had in-game wagering for about the same amount of time. I go, I've never even heard of complaints like, oh, we're around this gambling stuff. But I've heard like, oh, it was great. We were betting, you know, throughout the game. We were betting halftime. It, I thought it just enhanced the whole event. And I think that's going to be the same in, in Arizona. What's your guest thoughts I on that? I totally agree with you. I think that's going to be the case. It can only enhance it. And, again, I don't think there's any, you know, negative negativity. We're, we're beyond the fact of, you know, no one's going to be, you know, crying out, oh, you know, you know fixing all that other nonsense. It's, no, I think it's just, you know, we've gotten to a point now, and we just, you know, we talked to, to – to, our good friend Matt Holt during the week with U.S. Integrity, where they just you know involved now with putting um, you know betting parlors there in Washington it, it, with it, with the Commanders. They're going to have it in their stadium. We've seen it with Denver, and, and it's, we're going to see more and more of that. But that's a great point that you bring up. That yeah, it's in Arizona. Arizona now has legalized sports betting, and you know people are going to be uh, you know betting on their way or at the game or whatever it is. You know. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, you know you actually have betting stations there at, at, at State Farm Stadium, which I don't think they do, right? I but, don't think so. Yeah, it, but again, it, it's there, yep. and again, you can be in the stadium betting in game, uh, which will be a totally different look than we've seen for any other <laughs> Super Bowl, right? In Arizona, is the same as we are. You don't have to live there. You. You right. can get you just get the app and get it opened up, th- and it's and that's what people are going to do. I think that's true for every state that you actually don't have to be a resident of New York to bet in New York. You just have to be in New York when you sign up, and you have to be in New York when you make a wager. You could be from New Jersey, you could be from Canada, doesn't matter. So uh, it's wherever you are at that specific time, and. Um, I, I think that you know when we get here, I don't think it's going to be old hat. You know, once we get to Las Vegas, you know, next year, uh, Super Bowl here, I just think it's just going to bring. I mean, I'm just looking at records across the board. It, I don't care what you look at. This will be the biggest event for the city. Of course, this is after F1, though, right? F1 is in November, and we get the Super Bowl in next next February. But uh, I just, uh, or I, I think we're going to set records across the board, no matter what you look at. I don't care if it's, you know, uh, rideshare or tax cab or the airport, the restaurants, the bars, of course, the sports books. But, everything's going to, you know, be to a point where I don't think we've ever seen before. I agree with you. Jay Cornegay joins us, the vice president of race and sportsbook operations here at the Superbook at the Westgate, and. We know about Thursday night, last night, uh, with the, the prop day, your national prop day, as you like to call it. <laughs> and I know that that is a, a big a big event. And, you know, here it's kind of a – it reminds us, we were talking about it in the last segment, it's it's really kind of old school where you'll get people that will line up and, and get to bet on their props. And I guess, you know, they're limited to what, you know, you know two bro- props that are the max amount, then they got to get back to the end of the line. Talk a little bit about that and how that all started and what it was like last night. Well, back in the day, we used to take bets at every window, and it was a mess. I mean, it was a complete mess. It was a, it was a disaster because we got this guy hitting it over here, this guy hitting it over here. Wait a minute, he was first. He laid 360. Now it's 380. No, he goes, he was quoted 360, and now it's changed. So the lines were going back, plus they were popping, double popping us on purpose and all this other stuff. But uh, all these sh- shenanigans going on. <laughs> and uh, we're like, okay, hold up. Okay. Uh, then we decided, okay, let's have one line. Um, first you know we heard some grumblings about that but now today after doing that for a number of years everybody you know 
I, I don't have any complaints. I think they respect the the process. You you go up, you can stand in line. We take one one single window. We'll take the props bets. They get two bet limit, and the limits are two thousand. So to win two thousand or bet two thousand on the dog, um, and then they can go in the back of the line. And that's what they do. We we opened up. We were like, oh, where is everybody? But as soon as we got to about a quarter to seven, 15 minutes before we released it, we had 20-something deep. And then it just kept on. It was very consistent. People were going through. And it, it's, a, it's a pretty well organized. And the guys that have been, most of the people that are in line last night, you know, have, been done, have done this before. And therefore... Uh, you know they're they're very comfortable with it, so it's it's really cool because the, the bets keep rolling in. I, I got to share some. I mean, we have some pretty significant line movement mm-hmm. on some of these. Yeah. It's it's crazy. I mean, they love Mahomes for sure. I mean, th- and again, the public really hasn't gotten a hold of this yet. This is all sharp guy action. Yeah. So we had over under like two and a half uh, rush attempts by Mahomes. That's up to four and a half. I think the longest rush by Mahomes opened up six and a half, now nine and a half. Um, they're betting Kelsey to score a touchdown. I, Kelsey, we opened up even money for him to score a touchdown, and now he's minus 135. There's some pretty significant movement out there on, on some of these props. And from at this point on, it, it comes in waves. It just, you know, boom, boom, boom. We got five or six limit plays. Then it'll be quiet for five or ten minutes. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. They just fire away. It's fun for us too. Yeah, yeah. Talk about some of the, the the movements that you're talking about on these props, and then also some of the most creative ones. Because I know it's it's you and your entire staff, and I can only imagine it's is it like a think tank where we sit there. And I know you know some of it. You have a template of stuff that you've done year after year. But like Marco said, you got different games, different you know things that are happening sport wise. Uh, you know, now you got Luka Donich bets, you know, if Dallas is playing and, and that sort of thing. So I, I talk a little bit about the creativity factor and, and how you guys do this, because we know it's a ton of work. Yes, it is. And, and uh, I'm very thankful for my team and, and the dedication uh, that they put into this uh, because, it, it you know, we have to start out a couple of weeks before they even play the championship games so we're putting all these different types of props up we're just by the time the two teams are determined then we just start filling in some of the blanks and uh of course that's not for every proposition but uh um a lot of the so-called standard propositions uh another big movement just real quick is uh the yardage of all field goals made total yardage of all field goals made in the game we opened up over under 102 and a half it's up to 115 and a half. Well, Brett Barr is not playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Total rushing yards by Mahomes. We had over under 10 and a half, up to 16 and a half. Uh, uh, and I told you about Kelsey scoring a touchdown, uh, even money now. But, but um, you know, a lot of this, uh, you know, Ed Sammons, uh, Jeff Sherman really had the team. You know, they come up with some crazy ones, and I just like, go, go for it. As long as everything's covered. I don't want any loopholes. I don't want any gray area. Um, you know, the, the, I know the crossover uh, sports or props, I should say, are very popular, especially to talk about, but they don't come close to the amount of action that some of the standardized props. Yeah. Because, you know, we, uh, we know being out here, this is the one event that's dominated by recreational play. 
We have a lot of sharps out there too, but the recreational play will drive these moves. The prop, you know, um, the not only the proposition but the game itself. So a lot of recreational play here. The crossover sports, they love to talk about them. I hear people talking about them all the time. But then when you look at the numbers, it's like yeah. it's always like the basic ones. Well, first team to score. I mean, look at all that. I mean, it's really basic because the recreational player needs something that they they can understand. Yes. Mm -hmm. They first have to understand it. You know, it has to be very simple. And they also like the odds. Mm-hmm. Like if if I if I if you're going to hear this question all next weekend. Okay, so if I bet $10, what do I get? Yeah. And I win. Thirty-five dollars. Okay, I bet that one. But, yeah. but if you tell them like, oh, it's like, sir, you have to bet. Yeah, you have to bet thirty-five dollars to win ten. Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> so Jay, you're saying the sharps are betting no to the safety, and the recreational yes. plays, players are betting the yes because it's such an astronomical yeah. uh, wager. Well, this is a time that we could actually, you know. Thank the Sharps, <laughs> because we get lopsided on some of these things. It goes crazy. And you know the Sharp guys are still out there, yeah. and they'll come up and, and help us balance the thing out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they know. They'll see the movement, and it's like, wow, it just moved 60 cents. Mm-hmm. They, they must really need some money on the other side. And they'll go, yeah, I'll bet it the yeah. other side. But they also, you know, starting last night, some of the Sharps try to get ahead of those moves. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they know that. You know, people are going to bet yes on overtime, yes on the two-point conversion, right? A lot of these yeses. So they'll try to bet that and then come back when the line moves and kind of lock in a profit. Right. So yeah. arbitrage type of players, we get a lot of that as well. Yeah. And I'm sure that you get a lot of the recreational players that want that coin flip, right? Believe it or not, it's one of the most popular bets. It is. It, it, isn't it, it crazy? Really is. Okay, I want to know. Are you a heads or tails guy? You guys? Wait, Jay, heads I, or tails? I'm always a tails guy. You're a tails guy. I go heads. See, I, I'm a heads guy too. And we uh, we calculated this yesterday when we had uh, John on yesterday. Numchuck did a fantastic job. And uh, the 56 Super Bowls, it was it was like 29-27 in favor of tails. Really? <laughs> yeah, it, that's what's come up there. But Should it, I move it to the tails, yeah. like a dollar three? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> a dollar, I'll tell you, back in the day when we first started booking it, we, we and people loved to bet the heads. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was all this heads money, and then we decided, well, we moved it. You know, we're like. What are we doing? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like we moved it right back. I mean, we did it for about 15 minutes, and we were, like, talking about it. We're like, what are we doing? <laughs> we just move it back. Just let them play. And uh, that's actually, it's uh, minus a dollar one. Is it? On each side. On each side. Look at that. Bargain here at Super Bowl. Yeah. Wow, look at How that. How about that? I don't, think I've ever, I don't think I've ever seen a one-on-one line ever. Both sides. That, 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 no matter what it is, you know, that, it's that's a two all. cent line. That's all. I've never seen a two cent line ever. Seventy um, percent of your action for Super Bowl will be props. Fair to say? Yeah. Seventy percent. Think about that. And like I said, everybody wants to have a ticket. You know, like Marco, I think you uh, said the other day, it was like equated to going to the Kentucky Derby or betting on the Derby. Everybody wants to have something on, with the Derby. You know, mm-hmm. sure. If it's a two dollar ticket or whatever it is, hey, I got action on this. So, yeah, we understand. It's, it's I feel crazy. like that's going to happen in Arizona. Mm-hmm. People are going to go down there. It's like, oh, that's right, I can bet the game. Yeah. Oh, I'm in Arizona. Oh, you can sign up for Superbook. Down in Arizona, mm-hmm. sign right up. It's a very easy process. Mm-hmm. And place your bets. Not only that, but you can uh, you know, bet during the game. You can bet halftime. You can bet mm-hmm. a lot of different things after a kickoff. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see you know, those numbers 
uh, for us down in, in Arizona and maybe for the entire industry. I'm happy, you know, I hope everything runs smoothly and everybody does well, including our competitors. Uh, Ho- I, hopefully I your phone's not successful. ringing in the middle of the game several times. <laughs> I'm not answering. <laughs> oh, I, I, I yeah, went to the restroom. <laughs> Jay, how much do you think, because Arizona is legal now, we talk about you always had such an influx Super Bowl weekend of people coming from California and coming from Arizona to come to Vegas. How much is Arizona, is it taking any dent out of that for you guys? No, at least fortunately for you guys, you're in Arizona, you got a book, but it's got to curtail some of the people that make that yeah. annual trip. Well, this isn't the first time it's uh, Super Bowl's been in Arizona. You know, we... we but because, being, la- being right. legal. Yeah. To bet there. Yeah. I, we haven't seen, we've seen so many people come in from other legal jurisdictions and now are very comfortable betting sports. Mm-hmm. And so they'll come in and, uh, you know, they'll sign up for a Superbook uh, app and they were introduced to sports wagering in their home state now. And so that's added. So, you know, people, you know, our counter numbers, I'll say, aren't as strong as they've been, but the mobile is so popular I mean, we still have, I mean, we'll have a full house pretty much every weekend here. And it's amazing how many people sign up for the app and just sit back here and bet from their seats, bet from the bar. Okay. So it's not like they're not coming in. They're still coming in. They're just wagering through their phones. Don't have to stand in line. There you go. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about the game itself. And we know that it virtually opened to pick them going back to last Sunday night. And then you saw an avalanche of Philadelphia Eagles money, right? And we saw it go up to two and a half. Now we're starting to see it come down a little bit with Kansas City. Talk a little bit about about that because we know that uh, it seemed like a lot of Eagles money came in and the line was was, was moving upward very, very rapidly. Yeah, I think it went in a couple different directions and they're very early going. Uh, You know, in our back room, I was the only guy that had Philadelphia favored. I had him at two. There's a, a, a couple of pickums, a couple of Kansas City uh, minus one, minus one and a half, and so we decided to pick them. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, and then of course it shoots up to uh, you know um, Eagles minus two and a half, which I was you know flaunting around a little bit. Pound <laughs> <laughs> your chest a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, I told you. That's uh, you guys. Come on, I had it. <laughs> Proud as a peacock back there. Like, yeah, look at me. And uh, then it started coming back. But uh, that's exactly what it did. Um, I know that others got some Kansas City money, but that's what the line is showing. The line is showing that it's a very tight spread. It's basically a toss-up game. We have a lot of different opinions out there. You go through the room, it's like 50% like the Chiefs, 50% like the Eagles. I think it's going to be fantastic, mm. and I think the props are going to be very strong. Got a lot of a lot of names here. Um, two great fan bases. Mm. Proximity of the Super Bowl right down the street from us. Mm. Should be a good one. you got to like it. All right, get the mobile app as well, too. You guys got the promotion running. Bet 100, get 100 in, into the for first-time users into the uh, Superbook uh uh, phone account, so the mobile app. So make sure you get that easy to use. Bet where you're watching the game in the comfort of your own home, wherever it is. So make sure you do that. And of course, it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere uh, all next week. 
All right. We appreciate you, my man, as always. Thanks, guys. It's uh, great stuff. We're looking forward to to next week, next Sunday, and, of course, you know, being here next Thursday and Friday as well, too, uh, hyping it all up. Let the hype begin, right? <laughs> That's right. It's uh, we're, we're, we're just happy to get most of that grunt work down. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, all, it's all down, all done, right? Yeah. And now we can just kind of sit back for a while, a few days. That's what's great about the two weeks. Yeah. Sit back a little bit, and then we'll start picking up next weekend. It's true. It's true. All right, Jay Cornegate in the house here, the vice president of Racing Sportsbook Operations at the Superbook at the Westgate. Jay, appreciate you, brother, as always. All right, we come back. Jackie Young in the house, the Las Vegas Aces All-Star Guard. We'll talk to her. Aces basketball. Oh, yeah, the world champs. <laughs> Trying to go back-to-back. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo, and a whole lot more right here on this fabulous Friday edition of the show here inside the Westgate Las Vegas. Here come the Aces on the run. De-Energizer. Looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. Good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. And here we go. Get ready for the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Maybe he's going to let one fly. Two three. Two three. Energizer. What a three from half court. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? T.C. Martin. There are six seconds to go. And De-Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three to give the aces the lead. The doctor is now in, 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 in. Hour number two, live from the Westgate Las Vegas, the world-famous Superbook here. T.C. Martin, Marco D'Angelo in the house, of course, as he joins us each and every Friday. Our handicapper extraordinaire, we want to thank Jay Cornegay, the vice president of operations here, talking about all the prop bets, the Super Bowls, uh, uh, wagering, and the avalanche of money, and the lovely Beverly. Bev is here. She's our staple. I mean, there's not a better cocktail server in the city. I believe she won cocktail server... Of the year, uh, raining like four straight years in a row now. Isn't that true? I mean, that's why she has all those medals, you know, around her neck. She's uh, rolling around here at the Westgate Las Vegas. No better place to be. Make sure you come on by, check it out. And don't forget, concert-wise, coming your way here at the Westgate next weekend. Cool in the gang. That's right. Yes, Skid Row will be here uh, coming soon as well, too. I got a feeling I'll be getting some some requests for that from probably Marco and... (laughs) And my good friend Jiggy, no doubt about it. If I, if I can talk you guys into Cool in the Gang, though, I mean, Jay Schrader wants to come see Cool in the Gang. I, I, I told mean, him. And Marco's coming. Yeah. Well, the reason, only reason Marco's coming. <laughs> Tell the story. The only reason why you, you're going. Mrs. D'Angelo wants to go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what you're saying? Happy, happy wife? Happy life. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see Marco get down to a little jungle boogie. That's what I want to say. You know. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> this is probably, <laughs> there it is. Yes, Cool in the Gang, uh, next Friday and Saturday night, the 10th and the 11th. And uh, Robert Cool Bell uh, scheduled to join us next week, uh, the, the founder of Cool in the Gang. It was great seeing George Clinton here a few weeks ago. George Clinton, 81 years old, still doing with uh, Parliament, Funkadelic, 
uh, yes, doing the Atomic Dog here a couple weeks ago at the Westgate. So great stuff. Great concerts inside the International Theater. And we will have tickets that will be given away for Cool and the Gang and all the concerts here at the Westgate uh, as well. And Barry Manilow is, is coming back as well, too. So you're part of his residency here. All right, so we continue on here on this uh, fabulous Friday. Again, it, it seems a little void, Marco, because it's we don't have a football game Sunday. So I'm, I'm still a little, not angry, but angst about that, you know. But uh, anyway, that's okay. But uh, next next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, we will be actually doing the show here Thursday and Friday next week. Oscar Goodman will be uh, joining us on Thursday. Uh, Scott Spritzer will be here on the next Friday. Cool. Uh, Jay Schrader. So we'll have a, uh, a jam-packed uh, dais here for our Super Bowl Sunday extravaganza, which will be on our Friday show. So we got all that happening and a whole lot more. But uh, right now we're going to talk a little Las Vegas Aces basketball right now. And we uh, touched upon that in the uh, opening segment of the show. But now we uh, get ready uh, for training camp. It'll be starting right around the corner. We talked about the free agency period that uh, we're smack dab in the middle of. The Aces made some key signings uh, with Candace Parker and Alicia Clark uh, now joining um, uh, the Aces. And join us right now. The uh, Aces All-Star Guard is in the house now uh, approaching her sixth year. Does this sound kind of strange? Five, fifth year? Fourth year? I know, 18, 19. i got to do my math, right? Yeah, Fifth year. Uh, the one and only Jackie Young in the house. Jackie, what's happening? Nothing much. How are you? Good. Good seeing you. You too. So how has uh, the offseason been for you? Uh, it's been good. Uh, just getting back at it. Um... I mean, we're working out, individual workouts, lifts, treatment. Um, so really just trying to get back in the swing of things, get in shape for season. All right. So talk a little bit about, uh, you know, the off season from a non-working out standpoint. No, I mean, you get the championship. I mean, how, how long did that championship celebration last for you? Uh I mean, pretty much just after the parade. After the parade, yeah. that was it? So, yeah. Okay, now I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm getting back to work. Yeah. A little uh, chill time. Yeah, it took a little bit of time off, you know, just try to rest and rest the body a little bit. Um, but now we're, I mean, it's February now, so just getting ready for training camp. It is. All right. Uh, Jackie Young, Las Vegas Aces All-Star Guard, the uh, WNBA's Most Improved Player of the Year uh, last year. And I know that we had talked uh, about that towards the end of uh, last season, but uh, talk a little bit about receiving that award and what that award means to you and the recognition that goes with it. Yeah, it meant a lot to me. Um, I think it was very obvious that um, I needed to expand my game to the the three-point line. And so um, whenever we got the new staff, uh, me and Tyler quickly connected, and we just made a few tweaks on my shot, and that had been, like, the biggest thing. Like, yeah. Um, I worked on myself my uh, mentally, mm-hmm. and so I think that also helped. But really just a few tweaks and getting a lot of reps up. And so I think it just kind of shows that um, that I put in the work. You know, I just try to come back a better player each year. And so um, just being able to shoot the three um, and make it at a, a higher percentage has been uh, the biggest difference. It was very noticeable, uh, you know, to me, I think a lot of fans, the, the adjustments that you did make with your shot. There was more arc on your shot, uh, the follow-through, everything. Like that. And, again, that's that's not an easy thing for someone who's used to shooting, you know, the way 
you know, play, players do. And so, I mean, com- commending you for, for that. And, uh, again, your scoring increased, everything increased. But I think, you know, the way that you approached your game and the confidence uh, that really showed out as well, too. Uh, just c- congrats on that. Because, as you know, a lot of players, it's hard to make adjustments to their game, especially shooting, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think you just have to... Uh you know, buy in and trust the process, and that's what I did with Tyler. Um, I knew that he could help me a lot, and so uh, he just stayed in the gym with me before practice, after practice, you know, until I felt good, you know. And so we just got a lot of reps up, a lot of shots up, and that's what we've still been doing. And, you know, just trying to, you know, just keep it consistent, you know. Um, going into the season, yeah, we tweaked it, uh, but it was working, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, so I think just continuing to just – Put in the work is the biggest thing. So we're seeing Jackie a lot now in TV commercials. <laughs> I see you uh, with my boy Chop, Chop Tobin, yeah, representing yeah. Uh, uh, the Tobin Auto Dealership. I think that's very, very cool. Talk a little bit about uh, about that. And, again, I've known Chop for, for many, many years. He's a big fan. You've got him coming to the games here a couple of years ago, and I know that he, he just uh, really loves you and your game and all that sort of thing. Uh, talk about do, doing a lot of the commercials now. Yeah, um, we actually shot the commercial a few months back, um, and so it was pretty cool. I've never done that before, but um, it was just, it was fun to be able to, you know, interact with them and be able to shoot that commercial, and I guess, (laughs) I guess you've seen it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think a lot of fans have probably seen it, Yeah, yeah, Yeah. so stepping out of my comfort zone a little bit. Yeah, really? First radio, now TV, right? Yeah, right. That's that's a cool (laughs) deal. No, very cool. I think that's awesome. Uh, It was an incredible year for you. Uh, the individual awards, like we talked about, the the most improved player. But then, you know, you got the championship, and then you got you're coming off the Olympic gold medal as well, too. As you know, the year prior to that, uh, with, with the three on three, you and Kelsey Plum. Uh, describe what 2022 was really like for you. Yeah, I mean, it was great, honestly. Um, you just named off uh, a lot of it, you know, yeah. and so I think it just it just shows just how much work. Uh, that we put in, you know, and just trusting the process and uh, the hard work paying off. Uh, we we knew going into last year that our goal was to win a championship. Uh, we had gotten close um, in the past years, and so we knew that um, with this new staff and with Becky, uh, just everyone bought in as soon as she was hired, you know, and we really built that chemistry uh, throughout training camp. And But our ultimate goal was to win a championship. Talk a little bit about playing uh, for Becky Hammond and what uh, that was like. Yeah, um, I mean, it's been great playing for her. Um, she cares about us more than just being a basketball player, you know, on and off the court. And so um, just getting to learn from her every day, uh, somebody that played in the league for a really long time and um, has experience from the NBA, you know. Um, and so really just getting to learn from her and and play for her has, has been great. And, um, I mean, we've learned a lot. Uh, she really understands the game. And so uh, just being able to play for her is definitely an honor. So you've been here, you, Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, kind of the core, you you know, going five years now, you know, being here. So you have kind of seen the way the evolution has taken place, not only with the Aces, but the WNBA here in Las Vegas. Uh, The MGM owned it at first, then Mark Davis came in to own it. And then, you know, he brings in... Nikki Vargas and then Natalie Williams and now you've got you know Becky Hammond as your head coach you've got some pretty powerful women uh, that are 
you know, in charge of this organization and a guy like Mark Davis, who obviously everyone knows, you know, as being the owner of the Raiders as well, too. So talk about just from the beginning when you got here to where we are now and how you've seen this franchise really become stable. Yeah, um, it's just crazy to see just how um, Vegas really supports us, you know. The city has our back. Uh, I think it really shows whenever you come to our games. Uh, we have the best fans um, in the league, and they really come out. And we, we just try to put on a show for them um, every night. And our attendance is only grown every year, you know, and um, expecting it to just get better. I mean, since we just won last year, you know, uh, more people know about us now. You'll see us on billboards and <laughs> buses and things like that. And so uh, the, the city really supports us. How do you like seeing your, uh, your face on a billboard or a bus? How's that? <laughs> you ever expect that? No, not really. But it's kind of cool, you know, like who would ever thought like you're in Las Vegas and you look and you see yourself yeah. like on a billboard. Like it's crazy to think but about. But see, I'm, not, I'm sure this isn't the first time. I mean, you're from Indiana. Yeah. You're from a, a small town in Indiana. Town. You went to Notre Dame. I'm sure your face is plastered all over <laughs> general stores and everywhere, gas stations everywhere, right? That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that is. But you said it's Jackie small town. Grocery. There it is. <laughs> no, they do a great job of supporting me back home too. Yeah. Like after we won, uh, um, grocery stores and uh, convenience stores they were just like yeah. writing like congratulations Las Vegas Aces like all over all over the town so yeah. it's pretty cool to see that so did you get a chance to get back there I mean you know, during the off season to your hometown and stuff see yeah. family and friends yeah what so was I, that like yeah it's been great um, I was actually home for uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas um, so that's probably the first time I've been home in a while wow. uh, for both um, holidays but it's just good to you know get back and yeah. and Spend time at home, you know, with my friends and family. So what about Notre Dame? Have you been back there? Yeah, I actually went back right before Thanksgiving uh, whenever they played Ball State. Okay. So, yeah, it was cool to, you know, get back and yeah. um, just see them play live uh, in person. All right. All-star guard for the Las Vegas Aces, Jackie Young, is joining us here today. Uh, training camp not too far away. Uh, incredible year that we talked about with the Aces winning the 2022 championship. You know, so many accolades for so many of your teammates last year. Asia Wilson, MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Chelsea Gray, Finals MVP, um, Kelsey Plum, All-Star Game MVP, Becky Hammond, Coach of the Year, and of course we talked about you know you winning the Individual Award Most Improved Player. You know that is unprecedented in WNBA history. Uh, do you realize just how unique that is? And then, I mean, just, just talk about being around these people um, you know, all the time in collecting all that hardware. Yeah. Um, no, it's crazy to think about. After you name it like that, uh, you really just think about, like, wow, that's a lot of right. um, awards and recognition, you know. But um, it's just a blessing to be able to play alongside them, you know, um, some of the best in the league. Uh, getting to play with A, she kind of just took me under her wing whenever I got drafted uh, super close. And so uh, just getting to have, being able to play with them and and learn from them. Uh, Chelsea Gray, I mean, she's been in the league for a while. She's a vet. She really understands the game. And uh, just trying to, you know, see the game from her perspective and yeah. learn from her. And then KP, you know, uh, we love to be in the gym. We're always in the gym. <laughs> yeah. uh, Can't get you guys off the court. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd have to practice is over. Yeah. You know? and Which is cool to see. Yeah, KP is um, one of the hardest workers, you know, always in the gym. And so... Um, yeah, we're kind of close because of that, you know. Mm -hmm. We've been together for, what, five years now, and yeah. um, we just like to put in the extra work together. 
when you go back now, five years in this league, five years with this franchise, number one overall pick, and you go back to 2018, what were your expectations? Did you ever think that we'd be sitting here and we'd be talking about all of this, all these accomplishments? And what were the expectations when you first got here? I mean, I think it was. it's always been a goal of mine to win um, a WNBA championship. So I think coming into the league, uh, that was definitely my goal. Uh, and we had gotten close um, in the past, but just weren't able to do it. And so um, it was just cool to be able to do it last year. You know, it's like I've won in high school, I won in college, and now I've won at the professional yeah. level. And so yeah. um, not too many people can say that, you know, and so. Uh, and to be able to do it for Las Vegas, um, I love it here. I love the city. Uh, the people really support us. What's the best part about being on this team? Oh, there's a lot. But I think just the the chemistry that we have. Um, you know, uh, we have a lot of fun off the court in the locker room. Uh, but whenever we step on the court, we know it's time to handle business, you know. And so kind of having that balance, you know, um, of just yeah. – Having fun, but also getting the job done when we know we need to. Cool. Jackie Young joins us. Marco D'Angelo with me here at the Westgate inside the Superbook talking Las Vegas Aces. Jackie, uh, TC was nice enough to invite me and the wife to go see a game last year, and I admit hadn't been to an Aces game. And for guys out there, you know, that, oh, no, WNBA, it was a blast. and loved it. it the intensity that you – you and your teammates bring it's good to see it's not the load management of the nba (laughs) (laughs) this is true that's a pet peeve of mine with the nba players but uh it was great atmosphere you guys give it all and gonna be a little different this year for you guys you're not the hunter anymore you're the hunted now yeah uh kind of have a target on our back you know uh everyone wants to beat us um that's how it is for everyone whenever you win a championship you know and so just kind of knowing that going into the season and uh but you know just still trying to handle business and play the way that the aces play um and so i think that's the biggest thing just focusing on us and not too much about uh everyone else and their expectations you know so you got some new teammates that you're going to see during training camp right you got candace parker alicia clark when you uh, heard the news about Candace Park, Candace Parker being your teammate, what, what, how'd that hit you? Yeah, uh, just super excited. Um, actually, growing up, she's my favorite player. Growing really? up, yeah, I watched her at Tennessee. Yeah, would sit courtside at Fever games when she'd come play there. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's gonna be cool. Uh, just getting to play with her, she's definitely gonna help us a lot. A vet has been in the league for a long time, has uh, won before, and so. Um, she really understands, and I think understands the game, and so I think she's definitely a good pickup for us, and everyone's excited and looking forward to playing with her. Uh, she's one of the greatest players ever in, in the WNBA, and she comes and joins really a stacked roster a, as it is. And for, for a veteran player, you know, like her, um, it, it says a lot that she would want to actually come – and, and, and come here and play because, you know, she's been a leader uh, wherever she's been, and now she's going to be kind of like fitting in with a, an established group already. And it seems like she's very, very open to having that role with this team. So talk a little bit about just, you know, you know having her alongside Asia, yourself, KP, Chelsea Gray. I mean, there's probably not a better starting five that we can think of uh, maybe in, in the history of the WNBA. Yeah, I think she's um, really just – 
we'll do whatever she can to help us win, you yeah. know. Um, I mean, she's she's great at what she does, you know, and at the end of the day, she's Candace Parker, and she's going to help us out a lot. And so I think everyone is just, you know, super excited to be able to play with her. Um, yeah, uh, there's Asia, Chelsea, Kelsey, yeah, yeah. Bay, Alicia, right. Kayla George. Like, there's – I mean, I could keep going, you know. <laughs> it's and crazy, so, right? Yeah. Um, no, I think it's just going to be cool to, you know – get going in training camp and, and build that chemistry. Mm-hmm. So when you look at uh, Alicia Clark, okay, you give us some thoughts about her. I, I loved her game when she was in Seattle last year. She played with Washington, but she's kind of like that Swiss Army knife. She can kind of do everything. So a lot of Vegas fans, you know, they may be familiar with Candace Parker. They might not be familiar with Alicia Clark, but she's been in this league for seven-plus years. Oh, yeah, no. People definitely know who she is. Um, she's great at what she does. She can score all three levels, you know. Um, her post-up game is nice. Uh, she can shoot the three, whatever, you know. Uh, she's a great defender. I think that's one of the biggest things. She's definitely going to help us on the defensive end, but at the same time, she can score the ball, too. And um, I think she's somebody that just really plays um, their role really well um, whenever she was in Seattle and whenever she was in Washington. Mm-hmm. All right. Looking forward to this. Now, uh, next week, you're going to be heading out of town because you're part of Team USA. You guys got training camp, you know, coming up uh, next week in, in uh, Colorado, right? So talk no, In Minnesota. In Minnesota, I'm sorry. Yeah. In Minnesota. Talk a little bit about, uh, about that experience, uh, and uh, you and Kelsey Plum will be involved in that. Yeah, it should be fun, you know, just getting to um, actually play, play again. It's been a while. I mean, we've been playing uh, three-on-three and stuff in workouts, you know, uh, but just to be able to go up and down and – and play with um, some good people that are in the league, you know, yeah. and, and play live again. But it's going to be fun. Uh, it's my first time getting an invite. Well, I guess I got an invite to 5-on-5 with the World Cup. But, you know, my first training camp yeah. um, with 5-on-5. So just super excited to be there and have the opportunity uh, to play. That's going to be a, a great experience, you know, for you with that. Uh, and, again, You've played overseas a lot, but you elected not to this year. How, how does that make you feel? And we understand why the WNBA players do that, because they can make a lot of money overseas, but it can be a grind and very, very grueling. What helped What made, helped you make your decision to stay put here in Las Vegas during this offseason? Yeah, just trying to um, take care of my body um, and, you know, just get ready for the next season. Um, I had the opportunity to work out with the coaches, and so I spent a lot of time with them working out and just trying to get better for next year and and really just work on my game. Is it more relaxing for you, too, than not having to go overseas and play you know, during the course of the winter? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's more relaxing and mm-hmm. can focus on uh, my game a little bit more and um, just try to get better. All right. All right. How big a football fan are you? <laughs> uh, I mean, I watch it. I yeah. watch it, yeah. You got a team? Was it the Colts I, growing up or what? No, I no? I no, I don't have a team. I usually just go with players. So okay. Yeah. So you, are you a fantasy uh, football person at all? No, not at all. Is yeah. that right? No. All right. No. So are you got any interest in the game next week? Yeah, I do. All right. Do. Who you got? <sighs> That's tough. I'm a. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. Okay. Because I like Travis Kelsey. See, there you go. Yeah, he's See cute, him. so I like him. He's cute. <laughs> yeah. If I'm being honest, uh, he's cute, and he's that's cute. why I like. Yeah, that's why I like. Cute as a Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm gonna take Travis Kelsey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like him. <laughs> Marco, if you're handicapping cuteness, who are you going with? <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> 
that's it. Travis Kelsey over Jalen Hurts and 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 and, uh, and Patrick Mahomes. Okay, I, I, I'll go. I'll go with that. All right, you get you get a score. We're, we're going to write down your score. See if Jackie oh. Young she nails the the final score next now, week. Now that I don't. No. No, I have no clue with that. You, you do realize you get six points for a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, I know. Get, I, yeah, yeah, I know the game. All of that. I just, I just don't. I just don't have a score. Like, I mean, I watched both games last weekend, yeah. but it's just like. So who, so who of your teammates are, are like maybe football fanatics? Oh, Kelsey. That's like, yeah. Bay. Yeah. Who are their team? Uh, Do you know? Is, Plum, uh, is Plum a Seahawks fan? I don't know. You kind of she's think Tom, so, Brady. Tom Brady. Oh, she's Tom Brady. And then uh, I forget who Bay likes. I can't remember. What about Asia? Asia? Yeah. Is it the Ravens? Yeah. Yeah, I think we've had that conversation. I think you're right. Yeah, Ravens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Asia, no. <laughs> uh-uh. No. Um, who else is there? KB, I watched the game with her last weekend. She, Cincinnati, because she's from Ohio. Oh, you know? okay. Right. So she was mad about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> great stuff. Okay, well, that's cool. All right, Jackie, we appreciate uh, you spending some time. It's always great seeing you. Looking forward to another fantastic year. Are you going to go on a limb and are you proclaiming back to back? I mean, I think that's the goal, you know. Right. Um, I think that's the standard for Aces basketball, you know. There we you go. came in um, to the season trying to win a championship. So I think the goal going into every season for us is to win a championship. Right. Good deal. Well, uh, Aces fans, get ready because it was a fantastic year last year. It's only going to be better this year uh, with the additions of Candace Parker, Alicia Clark, Kayla George, like you mentioned. Uh, Aces fans will get a good up-close and personal look at uh, at uh, this uh, this new team. But basically, you guys are really set because, uh, again, talking about Nikki Vargas and Mark Davis, you know, kind of securing this roster for the next couple of years. It's a, it's a very cool thing. And I think that's what fans love, too, is they get a chance to see a lot of the same faces. And you and Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson, you know, being here for so long. And now Chelsea Gray and, like you said, Bay Raquana Williams, you know, you know, being here for you know, a few years in a row now that is really uh, a cool thing. And you have to love that as a player as well, too, to know that you've got that stability and, you know, you got this familiarity with your teammates on the court. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's always nice, you know, just being able to play with players for so many years. Um, I played with um, Asia and Kelsey um, ever since I got drafted, you know, and so just trying to build that that, chemi- that chemistry each year. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. All right, we'll look forward to seeing you in training camp, and remember the season will start at the end of May. Uh, looking forward to it. Jackie Young, all-star guard. Appreciate you, girl. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, Jackie Young, the all-star guard for the Las Vegas Aces. All right, we come back. We'll talk a little more Super Bowl. We'll talk some college basketball as well with Marco D'Angelo. T.C. Martin live inside the Superbook at the Westgate, Las Vegas. T.C. Martin. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. The doctor is now in, 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 in. Thanks, brother. Hey. 
We're back here live at the Westgate inside the Sportsbook. Of course, the world-famous Superbook. I want to thank Jackie Young for joining us, the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, fantastic season last year, 2022, with the Aces and looking forward to 2023. Get your tickets. Get your season tickets at uh, LasLVAces.com for that. And uh, another fantastic season. So always great to, to have the Aces players uh, join us. And Natalie Williams joined us as the general manager yesterday and uh, Jackie Young today. And we're looking forward to that again. The, the addition of Candace Parker to the Aces and Alicia Clark. Just the stronger getting stronger, Marco. Deep, deep. They're going to be a deep team this year and uh, going to going to be a fun year looking forward to it you got it all right so as we get ready for the super bowl next sunday um what's your initial thoughts we talked about with jay cornegay where the line opened at virtually a pick em, then some kansas city money came in immediately then boom an avalanche of philadelphia eagles money and uh, now we're sitting at right around the eagles a point and a half favorite uh we still got nine ten days left of betting what was your initial thought when the line came out on Sunday, and where do you stand today? Well, my initial thought on Sunday, I had Kansas City as a, as a slight favorite. I, I thought they would be, just because of the the experience uh, factor, being there, how many times Mahomes has you know been to the Super Bowl already, and this being the first shot for Jalen Hurts. And I, I talked to you about saying, reminded me of Dan Marino making it to the Super Bowl as early as he did in his career and then uh, never getting back there. And, of course, uh, the Dolphins got slaughtered that year by the, the 49ers. So the similarities were there, you know, established team, high-octane offense. But to be honest with you, from that initial read on Kansas City, I'm starting to sway the other side. And that's the beauty of we got a lot of time before Sunday, and we're not dealing with – a point spread where you're trying to beat the market and get to a number because whoever wins this game is going to be the point spread winner. You're, unless it falls on one, which, you what know. What was the last one or two point game that we yeah. had in the Super Bowl? Right. Yeah, can't that, recall. Yeah, can't. Yeah. So looking at that, you know, if we were dealing with a number where we were on either side of the three, that's a different, you know, different story because you, you definitely want to get the best number. But I want to see the injury reports, and I know both teams are going to be coy about their injuries, but we saw what happened to Kansas City, obviously with Mahomes, with his injury, and how he was limited in doing some things in the AFC Championship game. He gutted it out on you know the game-winning run, setting up the, the field goal and the penalty afterwards, uh, getting the field goal closer, but... They lost some, a lot of targets for Patrick Mahomes. you got to be concerned about not only is he going to be limited in having to stay in the pocket, who's he going to throw it to? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we know that you know, Kelsey's going to get his yards. Uh, that's a given. But who's going to be that other guy to step up and make a play? The running game is there. But that's not Kansas City's strong suit, which if you're game planning for Philadelphia, that's one of their weaknesses. Um, defensively, pass rush-wise, this is one of the best in the NFL. Now, 
everybody's going to question the schedule, and I, including me. We talked about it. But, man, TC, when everybody thinks the same way of, of and says the exact same thing, that just makes me nervous. And, you know, we don't have to go too far back. All we got to do is go back to the Cincinnati Buffalo game. Don't bring game. that game up. Okay. It's bad <laughs> memories. But, TC, yeah. to every show you tuned into, people, whether it's your normal talking head sports show or it's actually from a gambling perspective, everybody was saying the same thing. Mm. You got cluster injuries on the offensive line. Cincinnati's toast against Buffalo. And what they do? Well, they are the ones that dominated the game. Yeah. In Philadelphia's here, and everybody say, your road to the Super Bowl was probably the easiest we've seen in how long for the Super Bowl. Let's face it. They beat a Giants team that really wasn't that good. They beat a Minnesota team that was even worse defensively. And then last week, the anticipation for we were looking for a heavyweight fight. And there was one one punch thrown, mm-hmm. and, it, and the game was over. When Brock Purdy went out, game was over for San First Francisco. First series for the yep. Niners. Yeah. First offensive series, and, and he leaves. So, again, no, uh, and again, I, I brought it up on, on Monday and been talking a lot about it that I don't think the Eagles have been tested. And you talk about the regular season, and you talk about the regular season, well, they lost to the Washington Commanders at home. They lost to the New Orleans Saints at home. So those are some red flags. Uh, Eagles got a potent offense. They got a great defensive line, 75 sacks. I understand all that. But, yeah, you have an opening round bye. You're at home against the Giants. Uh, you, you beat twice during the regular season. You pound them in the, in the first round of the playoffs or your first game in the playoffs. And then you play a quarterbackless San Francisco 49ers team. It's true. And so it's like, how prepared are you for the Chiefs? So that was kind of my mindset, Marco, and leaning towards the Chiefs. But the Chiefs got injuries. All right? Patrick Mahomes, just because he won last week on that high ankle sprain, that high ankle sprain is not all of a sudden going to get better. People need to realize that. This is a three- to four-week recovery with usually you're off of it altogether. So he's not going to be practicing very much. Didn't do anything this week. Next week, we'll see what happens. But it's not one of the – it has to get better over time and not within this two-week window and over time with a lot of treatment and rest. So that's a concern. Travis Kelsey with that back injury played well, but – he still has it. Now you got the wide receiver core. That's an issue. And, you know, for me, looking at this Chiefs team, they're really not the most complete team. They've got holes in that secondary. They got, you know, three youngsters in that secondary, you know. Um, Chris Jones was fantastic, but that was the first time he showed up in a playoff game. He got two sacks. First two sacks he's ever had career wise in a playoff game. Uh, so the running game is a big question mark, I think, for Kansas City. So, if you're back in the Chiefs, you it's just not this automatic thing. of like, hey, it's Patrick Mahomes, it's Travis Kelsey. They're banged up. But you have to be banking on experience, right? They've been in the Super Bowl three of the last four years. So, I think it's a tough handicap. A lot of these Super Bowls, we got kind of an idea after the championship games. We start doing a little homework. But I don't know about you, but for me right now, I'm still on the fence. I'm I'm there. I'm leaning. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm heading back towards the Philadelphia side. The other part of it is, and we talked about that pass rush for Philadelphia. Cincinnati can't bring the pressure that Philadelphia will bring, and we saw that Mahomes either stepped up into the pocket or 
when he did move, he moved to the right. He didn't move to the left, which if you're able to put pressure on and you're bringing that pass rush and you're containing the outside where he can't move, he doesn't have that mobility, this could be a problem for the Kansas City Chiefs in that offensive line keeping Mahomes upright. We know that he's, you know, if there's anybody can throw off of one foot, you know, we've seen he's got everything in his arsenal. He can throw flat-footed and still get the ball there on a dime. We've seen him improvise with sidearm throws. We've seen him throw the ball left-handed, okay, <laughs> where he was going down and just like kind of did a push, you know, push shovel with the ball. So that experience level is the big X factor, and that's what drew me even an injured Patrick Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts on this day. And everybody just say, oh, he went to Alabama. He played in national championship games. Then he transferred to Oklahoma. Those were all, you know. Yeah, it is. But those programs that he was at were a step above. Now it's like you're playing against, you know, NFL team with experience. It's a different speed and it's a different stage. And he has to go through that media circus that you're going to have once they arrive in Arizona. They haven't been through that yet where the Chiefs have. With Jalen Hurts, it doesn't worry me because of what he has been through. I mean, what he's been through in the last five, six years is unlike anybody's been playing with the pressure at Alabama and then having them bring Tua in where Tua, you know, was a highly sought after recruit and he was the heir apparent and they basically were trying to push Jalen Hurts out, but you couldn't push him out because remember he was like 26 and one at the time as a starter and then he, he got benched. All right, and then Tua came in, threw a pick, and then Tua threw the big touchdown pass against Georgia, and all of a sudden, okay, now it's all Tua. And then Jalen Hurts had to come back in when Tua got hurt. And what Jalen Hurts do? Win. Yeah. And then Jalen Hurts went to Oklahoma and, and did that there. Second-round draft pick by Philly. And a lot of people in the league and a lot of people in Philadelphia were like, why are you picking this guy? Well, this guy's been nothing but a winner. He is calm. He is cool. He's collected, and he's talented. He's very accurate, and nothing phases this guy. That's what I've always liked about Jalen Hurts. And here's this. Not a lot of people probably know this, but Jalen Hurts actually talked about this last week. Do you know that he has not been in the same offensive system for more than one year until this year? Two years. When he was in high school, he had different coaches, different systems. He went to Alabama. Alabama went through that myriad of offensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you go back to Lane Kiffin, and you got you know, other guys, that, that, you know, Sarkeesh. Different guys came in, and he was in a new offensive system every year. Then he goes to Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley, and then he comes to Philadelphia, just gone through a coaching change. So now this is his second year, the only time in his playing life, mm-hmm. from high school to pros, that – he has been in the same system, and we're seeing this guy, if he can do all this under those circumstances, now you give him a little stability. I'm just always been impressed with this guy. I know a lot of people say, oh, you're on the Jalen. You've always loved Jalen. Yeah, I do, for all those reasons I just said, because he's overcome so much. But now think how comfortable he is. This is the most comfortable he's probably been in any system ever. No, that's a great point to bring up, TC. We talk about it all the time, and there's a couple quarterbacks in the NFL that – you could say that was part of their downfall. One of them being Derek Carr right here in, in Vegas. 
all the different offensive coordinators and schemes that he had to go with. And as much as I, you know, I Baker Mayfield, it is what it is. But look at what he had to go through at Cleveland. And I thought when he finally, Stefanski got there, I thought there was going to be stability there, but it didn't work out there. But he had a different head coach, different offensive coordinators the whole time he was in Cleveland. It was just a circus of turnover. And you can't get any continuity uh, as a quarterback. And, you know, we've talked about that with, you know, when you've had Jay and uh, Steve Berline, you know, on the show. You need that consistency. So for Jalen Hurts, yes. But the one thing that he hasn't experienced, and you can't ignore it, is this stage in the Super Bowl. That's true. All right. Well, we've got, uh, again, a full week more to uh, to talk about this game coming up next Sunday. Uh, the big news, obviously, this week, Tom Brady retires. And it just, it was it's kind of funny because a lot of the Raider fans and even media people are saying, oh, well, now the Raiders got to go a different direction. I mean, there's no guarantee that Tom Brady was going to come here. And now they're going, now where do we go? Oh, now they're looking at Aaron Rodgers. Well, there's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers is coming. And so the Raiders have a lot of questions here uh, with this. But uh, just a quick take about Brady retiring. We kind of had a feeling that, you know, it could happen. He could maybe go back to Tampa Bay. Maybe he would go someplace else. But uh, we knew this day was coming. And, And for me, it's all about that Tom Brady realized that he's regressing and he's he even said last year that the moment that i feel that i can't play at that elite level or i'm regressing a little bit i'm out and he just does not want that scrutiny because he's been dealing with it for the last 10 years you know the guy is approaching 40 now he's in his 40s now he's in his mid 40s and he's heard from everybody that hey you know you're too old you can't do this and we saw him this year you know, probably have one of his worst years. He had 25 touchdown passes, but still seven yards per completion. That's the lowest since his rookie year. So for me, I just think, you know, Tom Brady said, hey, I, I, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want to embarrass myself. And I think that he kind of felt that way this year, especially in that playoff game against Dallas. And the uncertainty of where he's going to go, now's the time. It was the time. And the sad part of it is, too, is everything that he endured last year, on the field and off the field. It was a major distraction. Nobody, I, I mean, we look at athletes and we put them on different pe- you know, pedestals. I mean, but at the end of the day, they're human beings like you and me. You know, they put their pants on the same way. Their pants might cost more, but they put on the, the same way as we do every day. In the personal life for the first time for Tom, it interacted with with his professional life and it was yeah. a, it was a major distraction and i think that locker room there wasn't that unity that rah rah yeah. around tom when he came to tampa cuz you know Bruce Arians left, you know, did Bruce Arians leave on his own or, you know, was there pressure there? They weren't happy. So it just was a fractured system. I thought for sure he was done in Tampa. Fresh start if he wanted to go anywhere, if he if he was looking for someplace for maybe that one-year bridge gap to play one more year. But at the end of the day, I think his body was the final factor for him, and he's had enough. And it's not like he doesn't have something waiting for him. He's got a very lucrative contract that he has waiting to talk about 
the game he's played for how long? On Fox. Yeah. Only a, a $375 million deal. Exactly. All right. As we know, the uh, Pro Bowl games, events, whatever you want to call it, is, is here in, in Las Vegas right now. And uh, last night we had the uh, skills competition. Well, the breaking news is with current Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. Uh, yes, he won the skills competition. But here's where the real news is, Marco, uh, that... He said last night that he will not agree to push back the date of accepting a trade by the Raiders. Now, remember, the trigger date is February the 15th, all right? That's when the $40 million kicks in for his contract this past year and next year. And so by him saying that he is not going to push back that date, will not give the Raiders time to resolve this solution. Here's the quote from Derek Carr. Uh, I don't think it would be best for me of extending the deadline. Uh, Carr mentioned that that he and his representatives would still like to uh, be authorized to speak to potential trade partners and other teams, but the Raiders have not yet granted that permission. So Carr has a no trade clause in his contract, so he can refuse to go anywhere, and he said that he would use it if he deemed it necessary. So as of right now, um, the Raiders are probably just going to have to outright release him, which they don't want. They have to find a trade partner that is going to be acceptable to Derek Carr. And again, if he's still on this roster, February 15th, you know, coming up here, you know, 10, 12 days from now, he's getting $40 million. I don't think the Raiders want that to happen. No, they don't. And obviously there's... It, there can't not be. There has to be some animosity in the way that it was handled uh, with him, his perception. And I thought when you were going through the skills competition, you were going to give the quote that he gave when he got interviewed. Uh, I don't know who was interviewing, but asked, you know, man, you were hot. I said, have you ever been that hot with uh, throwing uh, passes here in Vegas? And he answered, apparently not. That's why I'm no longer here. <laughs> here is uh, Derek Carr talking after the skills competition. Petition yesterday is specifically about his future with the Raiders. Not that hot. Uh, that's probably why I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh. Well, if this was your. There it is. Uh, you, that's why I, <laughs> I'm probably going someplace else. So, so crazy. I don't know. Uh, Raiders quarterback situation. So now they probably focus their attention on Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe Lamar Jackson, or maybe it's Jared Stidham. And I I believe that if you're Jared Stidham, you're going to take a long, hard look at the, at the Raiders and say, well, don't you believe in me or what? Now, he was in the Patriots. The whole reason Josh McDaniels brought him here was because the familiarity and, you know, he could maybe be the guy after, you know, whatever happened with Derek Carr. Well, Derek Carr is gone now. So you flirt with Brady. What, you know, and I'm not even sure that's true. You're trying to flirt with Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's a good fit either. Because why do you want aging guys? There's, it's a stopgap. And the Packers hold all the cards there. Same thing. I'm saying the same thing this year that we said at this time last year. So that's why Rodgers more likely to be back in Green Bay. But if he's going to force a trade, the Packers would probably force the trade to an AFC team. I could see that. But the Packers are going to require too many assets 
and the Raiders don't have those assets, and the Raiders need so much help on both sides of the ball, secondary and defensive secondary, the offensive line, and you're going to mortgage all that for maybe a guy you're going to have for one year. And he's Rodgers has declined as well, too. So as much as Devonta Adams said, uh, I'd like to have him here, but I just don't think that's a, a great situation for the Raiders. Then you bring up Garoppolo. Okay, well, there's the New England connection, this and that. We heard what Kyle Shanahan said at the Niners press conference yesterday. He's out. He's not going to be there. So Garoppolo's on the market. Probably makes some sense, but I'm not sure that he is better than Jared Stidham at this point in time right now. Yeah, and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be coming from the NFC where I said when we talked on Monday, if I'm a free agent, I want to go to the NFC because there's too many dominant teams in the AFC right now in dominating quarterbacks. I want to be in the other league. Your path to the Super Bowl is easier there. But to go back to the Raiders, if they would go after Aaron Rodgers, the money you would have to spend not even talking about what you got to give up to get him. Him and Devontae Adams is going to take up too much money of your salary. Where do you fix, Where do you improve the team to have the money to, to do the things that this team needs? you still got a lot of work on defense. The offensive line needs work. Uh, I don't see that as a fit. Jimmy Garoppolo, they'll be able to get cheaper, but is Jimmy Garoppolo really an upgrade from Derek Carr? I don't think so. I, again, Garoppolo was with a great team with the San Francisco 49ers. He Offensive got, he, scheme. Yes. I mean, so both sides of the ball. I mean, and you can make that same argument when he was with the Patriots uh, as well, too. But when he came to San Francisco, great defense, uh, plenty of weapons offensively. You're not going to be having that with the Raiders. So I just I don't know. And the Lamar Jackson thing, I'm not a fan of Lamar Jackson. I'm not sure that you know that the better Lamar Jackson is is down the road here. I I don't know. I'm just again, there's a lot of issues there, and it's going to cost you a ton of money right. as well. So believe it or not, you might be better off with just. Jared Stidham, if you're going to go with this, you know, trying to build a team, you got to build it the right way, not this stopgap stuff. And I think that's where the where the Raiders situation, you know, lies right now. Now, um, as of yesterday, you know, that's what Carr was saying. That was his quote yesterday. Was he was saying that hey, the, the Raiders are not allowing me or my agents to talk with other teams. Well, Adam Schefter is reporting today that the Raiders have granted Carr permission to speak with other teams interested in trading for him, and they also agreed to compensation with the Raiders. So this kind of, Adam Schefter saying, is really it's the same arrangement that the Texans had with quarterback Deshaun Watson last offseason. So if that happened, then that's that's recent because Carr said last night that that wasn't the case. Well, the Raiders are trying to get something out of this. They don't want to walk away empty-handed so they got to try to work with Carr however they can because if they release flat out release them they get nothing right and they're really going to look bad uh if they don't find a solution and they have to go with Jason Stidham and that doesn't work out now you use the phrase stopgap if they want to utilize their funds and draft picks this year to beef up the holes that they have 
take this season as a, a rebuilding year and think that there's better quarterbacks in next year's draft class? Because I don't see a franchise quarterback in this year's draft. Do you? No. No. I mean, not coming out of college. Yeah. I, I, I don't see that. Ah, it'll be interesting to see what happens here. All right. If you're going to the Pro Bowl on Sunday, <laughs> remember what you're getting. You're getting flag football. You're going to have three fields. You're not even going to recognize the fields there. All right. And uh, that's what you're getting. All right. You're not getting a real football game. You're getting events. What you're getting. So, um, bless you if you're going. Enjoy. Have a good time. But I, I remember fielding all the complaints last year from people. They had no idea they were getting a two hand touch fly, uh, a game. This year you're getting flag football tournament now. You know, uh, in skills competition. At so. least when it was in Hawaii, you had Hawaii. You had Hawaii, exactly. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here today at the Westgate inside the uh, world-famous Superbook. I uh, appreciate you being here, Marco. As always, we'll be back at it again here uh, next week. We're actually going to be doing the show here Thursday and Friday next week. Oscar Goodman, former mayor of Las Vegas, is going to be joining us. So that's going to be fun. He's going to be getting his Super Bowl bets on. Will he have showgirls with him? He does travel a lot wow. with the showgirls. That, that, mean, that means you're in then, right? <laughs> there you go. Mark will be here Thursday and Friday. There it is. want to uh, thank Jackie Young, the Las Vegas Aces All-Star Guard, talking aces. Uh, here with us today, so we appreciate her uh, joining us. Of course, Jay Cornegay, the Vice President of Sportsbook Operations here at the Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. All right, if you miss any part of the show, go to the website, check out all of our interviews. They're up there under the current interview page and then uh, on the homepage as well, too. Go uh, check out all that stuff. Uh, our interview with Steve Berline with a big-time donut review. That's right. World-famous donut review. So check that out on the homepage. That was a lot of fun talking to Birdline the other day. Of course, always talking food, desserts, and also a an early look at the uh, Super Bowl as well, too. All right, Marco, we'll see you next week, brother. Appreciate right. you. Marco D'Angelo, wagertalk.com. Go there for his picks. Go to the website, tcmartinshow.com, for everything there. We'll back at it again Monday at 2. Have yourself a great weekend.